relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. give up. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> what? I was so proud of you. I, I was like, he's doing, you You pulled a trick. As soon as the, as the, as the music was, was fading out, Mike started drinking his water. And I was like, oh, that's good. I'm, I'm proud of him. He's doing tricks. I was trying so hard to, uh. what I did was, uh, when I saw he was almost done with his water, that's when I started drinking. And, then, and I could see I could see the whites in his eyes when I did that, where he was like, this son of a bitch. I had to release my throat a little bit and just try to take it all in then. I bet you did. I bet you, you do that no matter what. <laughs> you guys, welcome. This is Grown Local. That's Mike. I'm Billy Wayne. We've never started the podcast like that before. No. With me just being like, what's up? This is Ground Local, and you're listening to 97.5 The Shit. Was that the... I never thought... Here's the... Can I be honest, Mike? Yeah. First of all, let's talk about... We're winding down the season. We're being... Let's be honest about what's happening. Yeah. Uh, We're going into... uh, We're about to record season two, hopefully knock on wood we've had to push it a couple times we've had to move locations let's be let's let's just talk about what we've had to do since (laughs) we recorded eugene we've had to we were supposed to go to alaska yep but covid was like you're not gonna go to alaska Mm -hmm. we were like son of a bitch which is we are eventually alaska is a dream of mine never been it's I've been six or seven times. Um, it's one of my favorite places on the planet. Uh, that was supposed to be season two was Alaska. Season two. We're supposed to do that in May. Yep. And then what happened was uh, our government. You guys, are, you're aware of what's going on. Anyway. So then, Mike, I couldn't even fly up or anything Mm-mm. to do season to prolong season one so mike has been bringing people to his home and we've been doing this over facetime and we've we've all learned how to work some elect some fancy electronics that i'm pretty proud of uh so that's where we're at right now and now we've been pushed we're supposed to go last week last week yep down to to, humboldt uh, to humboldt and you guys, you heard on last last episode that we got pushed because of Newsom, which is fine. So now we're going next week. Yeah. Um. That it's that's what we're doing. It's going to be way better, I think, because we understand what the podcast is now. I'm excited. Uh, it's it's we're juicing it. We're like holding back all that energy, and then we're going to explode forth. I just think you probably need to get laid soon. <laughs> Because all your metaphors are... That... 
That was you a know. hydro dam joke. Yeah, I don't I... think it was. <laughs> you think? Think I'm trying to be sincere, and you're just horned up, and that's okay. It's alright. That's okay. We're gonna get you dehorned. It's COVID. It's, we're gonna get you dehorned. Uh, <laughs> is it the plants you're working with? Is it something like that? They're just so beautiful, and they get me so excited being around them all. The I don't time. think it's not. It's not it. That's not it. Anyway, so I think it's been pretty interesting what we've had to do. I think it's a kind of a metaphor for growing and for growing cannabis in general is we've had to be very uh what's the word you, you got bob and weave that's it we've had to change our plans and work with what's been given us that is ever changing it's like malleable i think is the right word for the yeah. what we've had to do with this so far so we're excited about where it's going, and thank you guys for sticking with us. Also, like and subscribe. Uh, that helps us tremendously. And also spread it. Tell people about it. Do it. Do so a We're challenge. going to tell people, too. Do a challenge. Also, the Patreon's coming out. Patreon's coming out in a couple weeks. Yeah. Do a challenge. Give, like, your favorite episode to your friend and just be like, hey, man, just give this one episode a listen. Just tell me what you think about it, and that's and then we know we got you hooked. That's all that is. So that is beautiful, right? It's beautiful. Nice, nicely done, Mike. And it wasn't dirty. I was like, I was waiting for the end. I was oh. like, going to say something about exploding. Oh. Um, it's the rule of three. I give up on the third option. No. Just like every great comedian, very smart. <laughs> I, uh, and a third thing. And Andy a Kimmer. third thing. Uh, what are you, what are you growing? I think I saw you today on your socials. Mm, on the social medias. You guys, I saw an Alex, and maybe it was the Kings, or maybe it was yours. Maybe it was all three of them. It's all three. We do good cross promotion. What, with what all stage? Jelly Breath. So it's in the stage in which it's in the loving hands of Pedro right now. So Pedro, oh shit, that's the curing process right there. That's why I don't think people fully appreciate. Like we literally cut it down probably close to two weeks ago at this point, and it's just been a slow full plant dry. So when we harvest, we cut the plant off right at the base, right where it meets the soil. And then we put it into our drying area and we let it just uh -huh. sit there and dry. So that's pulling all the natural taste and flavors out of the stem, out of the leaves. You know, definitely don't want any of that, you know, leafy taste to it if it's too dry. But, you know, we're getting the natural sugars in there and letting the plant do a slow dry instead of baking it up and making it taste like hay immediately. So we yeah, that, I've done that. I've done that too. 
So we do a slow process, and then so right now it's bucking down, which means that you know they took the plant down, they've cut it into branches, and now they're just taking the buds off of it, which then it's going to go and sit in glass jars a little bit longer for it to cure up and dry, and then the people are going to trim it, and we'll send it off for testing once it gets down to the right level of water activity. Whoa. Yeah. Cool. Like, there's so much to it even after we grow it. I hope that I'm that everyone wears their mask and stays away from places they shouldn't be, and we get to hang out soon. Me too. And I get to I had that stuff. If you guys, I'm just I don't get paid to say any of this. <laughs> I'm just stating facts. And when I do get paid to say stuff, I will let you know that I'm getting paid to say it. So don't ever, I will be very transparent. But the jelly breath is, if you just want to get like a dum-dum, just get some dum-dum. And you're in Oregon, you find some King's Cannabis when that stuff gets released into the wild. Just, ah, for real, no motor vehicles. Don't do it. <laughs> Nothing. Not even the lawnmower. You just, mm -mm. you hurt somebody. Even it's if like, it's like a... Even. A lazy boy chair. Be careful when you're pulling the legs up on. You that, should. You, know? it, you would forget how it works. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, have someone. Yeah. You know what you should do though. Get you should get your tolerance low again. Take a couple days off. <laughs> get some jelly breath, and turn on that Netflix uh, Sturgill Simpson anime, mm. and smoke some jelly breath, because that's the only thing that will make sense to you. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you guys. Just write it down. Um, I'm excited about next week. I'm excited about this week. This is a good episode. You guys are going to like this episode. Um, the guest. Uh, he, uh, he's a complicated say, I mean, figure. I don't, he's a complicated I figure. He's. I like him. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people don't like him. A lot of people, like, just, you can tell. Like, once you hear him talk, you'll be like, I can see why people hate this guy. Like, immediately. Um, well, Mike loves him. Well, yeah. Uh, but, uh, do you want to, let's just, it's like. Well, he's a controversial figure, is what I think it comes down to. You know, like, in the same thoughts of, like, Lenin, Mao, and then, you nope. know, sometimes, like, the Beatles, you know, like, nope. you don't See, I know. Thought, first of all, I thought you went with the Beatles first, <laughs> and you went even bigger than the Beatles, which is impressive. Um, that was, I was like, oh, okay, like, John Lennon, okay, that's, that's a little egotistical, but you went with just Lennon. No, Lennon, the dictator. No, I know who you're talking about. And then you said Mao, also yeah. a dictator. Yeah, Same area. The double deuces uh, of dictators. Yeah. Uh, unforgiving human beings, if we're being honest. Strict. Oh. Strict. I'm, but had a plan. They had a mode of action, and they had thoughts and feelings they wanted to get out to the world. I can't argue the things you just said, <laughs> which sucks. <laughs> but, Michael, introduce our guest. Introduce the guest. Ladies and gentlemen, give him a listen. Hopefully he has something interesting to say. 
Just introduce up. him. God damn it. Just introduce him. <laughs> Give it up for Mike McGowan. Every other one, every single episode, you do it the same way. You're like, hey, introduce the fucking guest, Mike. And then you go, everyone welcome, and say their name. But when it was you, you were like, I'm going to give it a little more pizzazz. <laughs> and we're not editing any of this out. This is going, This is how we're leading Just into this episode. Just make me look like an egotistical bastard. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make, I didn't, we didn't make you look like that. We presented the format, and you're like, I got this, and I I'm going to add that. some Mike Spice. Is yeah. that how you started growing weed? We're in the beginning, because I do this too. We're in the beginning, I know a little bit better than this book or what all these people know, and I'll do a little, <laughs> little twist, and you're like, oh, I think I might have killed it. Uh, I did that wrong. Well, the, the funny put pennies in there. <laughs> well, the funny thing with growing weed is like, legitimately if you're just a good worker and you pay attention to details you end up doing pretty good out the gate with it so then like i did pretty good out the gate with not knowing any of the actual science or mechanics that were going on with the plants so i kind of became a little egotistic with being like no bro you just gotta feel them you gotta know the motion that they're looking for like i had no words to describe what was actually going on so i just kind of blew it up a little bit like i was some type of horse whisperer but have you always been good with plants um i've always loved plants um, it's, it's kind of weird because, uh, where I grew up right outside of Philadelphia, you don't have easy access to plants. Like, so what I would do, like the closest that working with plants I ever had was I would work on Saturdays with my dad doing landscaping at the owner of the company's house that he worked at. So like, that was like as close to plants as I got, but you know, there wasn't much more plants or foliage going on in the industrial so there, you didn't have to mow you didn't have to mow yards and shit like that um i had to do that uh, i have such issues with lawns though i don't view grass as actually growing stuff but that's a whole nother thing but it is mike it is it's hard people make it their whole careers there's like you can major in growing grass i mean yes you can do that i thought about that because i worked <laughs> at a golf course and that, besides doing comedy, it's the only other job I've been like, this is pretty fun. It's like pretty it. fun. A golf course yeah. would be dope, so. It's dope, dude. It's a dope place to work. Yeah. Um, uh, real chill. Even when people are upset, it's still pretty funny. I um, mean, I mean, I would just imagine that it's Caddyshack, except, like, more weed smoking. I'm sure, I, at the time, I didn't smoke. Yeah. So, I think about that, too, sometimes, when I'm like, man... If I smoked weed, thank God. I actually, I'm like, thank God I didn't find weed, <laughs> or I may have never left that job. 
and just been like the head groundskeeper at some right. golf course, which is not a bad gig. Not it at like all. A nice, like it's all the people I grew up with. Like all my family are just all blue collar dudes who I found out later just smoked weed while painting houses. And I was like, you know what? I could I could fucking do this forever if I was just smoking weed. You can't. You couldn't. I didn't, so I guess you're right. You couldn't. I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of there. Yeah, I know. I ran. That's what I'm saying. Ran quickly. Yeah, you would rather live in the woods and grow plants. Yeah. I mean... Tell the people about that. I mean, that is interesting that you've always had like a... But didn't you tell me one time, like, your mom grew up on a farm, right? Yes, yes. My mom grew up on a farm. Uh, she was an immigrant from Ireland, came over here when she was 19, um, uh, illegally too, which is also fun. But just, <laughs> pretty, just the way your family does things. Just, just I mean, why not? Mm -hmm. But yeah, she came over here when she was 19, and it was honestly just because she hated living on a farm. She was fucking, she hated, it was a sheep farm, and she hated everything about it. And she's like, I'm going to get away from it, move to a big city in America. And then I moved from a big city in America to an actual farm. Yep. And when I was younger, you know, we went to Ireland a bunch um, and, like, went and saw the family. And, I mean, I thought the farming was cool, but it was, like, quick little trips, you know, just, like, a week or something. So I didn't really get to get into farming, but I definitely do believe it's in my blood on my mom's side and my dad's side. My dad used to cup the soil when we were working landscaping, and he would, like, take a good sniff of it. And then he would say, ah, God's green earth. And, like, he would do that with me, too. And, like, that's the same smell that kicks him to my head when I'm brewing up, like, compost tea. So I think, like, you know, there's good imprinting there. Nice. Yeah. It's just a nice love of nature, I guess. Or just being in nature and accepting what it does and what it doesn't do. Yeah. I mean, that's, as we said before, you know, I was a philosophy major in a community college and, you know, you read philosophy and then in nature, nature, I sometimes feel like is a natural practice of philosophy in some respects. It's like, oh, it's just going to do what it does and you just got to well, it's wait. Well, it's definitely a practice of certain philosophies, not all philosophies. Not all of them. But I think most philosophies do exist in nature because hmm. that's usually what we're i think human beings are mimics so that's our big i think that's our greatest besides consciousness you know i think that's a huge gift hmm. uh besides that like our we're mimics so we're able to look at nature and mimic what it does very very well to our own for our own good yeah and i mean we're a part of it too as much as anything else you know we're just we're another extension of it but yeah yeah and we fuck it up more than the rest of them do too so well that's once we start figuring it out a little bit then we're like oh let's push it here let's push it there and i mean honestly just growing weed and building little ecosystems and buildings has given me more respect for how we fuck up shit more than anything else. Like, oh, you take this little thing and move it a little bit too much one way. 
then you're going to have a huge aphid crisis or a roly-poly crisis or something like that. Yeah, so, like, if you... <clears throat> it's a couple... Of, I, that's an interesting thing where... Because you build these little ecosystems, you probably have an understanding of global warming a little better than everybody else where you're like, yo, if you change our temperature, like, two degrees like that, I know it doesn't sound like a lot. But shit goes wacky. It's so wacky. I mean, just even like uh, in one of the rooms, you know, I'm trying to purple out some of our weight a little bit. And I drop the temperature by six degrees, which will help uh, weed that's going to turn purple, turn purple even more. But the only problem with that is I usually drop it four degrees, but I dropped it six degrees. And just those two extra degrees, I saw a little bit of botrytis pop up in some of the buds, which is just bud rot. And that's because uh-huh. the the cooler the weather, the amount of relative humidity, it just skyrockets through the roof. Man, I wish I really, really understood what you said instead of just, like, had a basic grasping concept. But I, that's why we're doing the that's why we're doing the podcast. It's it's to teach other people, but it's it's mostly so I get to learn and I'm get to meet cool people. Let me ask you this, like, what was it? And I know we've talked about, you know, you have family members that that were already in Eugene, but. It wasn't just going west. You wanted to work in cannabis. Like, what drew you? If I'm being honest, it's straight up capitalism. Like, I came out here in 2009, and it was literally just after the housing market crash. And I remember we lost our house in 2008, and we I was in our new apartment painting it. And I was listening to NPR, and they're like, oh, hey, we're going to bail out all these banks. And I was like, what? Are we getting our fucking house back? Like, how's that work? And it was like one of those things where I was just like, well, if they're going to go play their own games, then I'm going to go play my own games, too. And so, like, it was, you know, I had family out here, and it was strictly a money thing. And then, thank God it led me to find my actual passion in life where like I got excited about the science behind it. You know, if there was like maybe money behind any type of horticulture, maybe I would have gotten excited about that growing up and like, you know, majored in it in college or something like that, you know? No, that's, I mean, I don't think a lot of people can say that money led them to their passion. It's usually the opposite. Uh, I'm extremely lucky extremely lucky that happened to me that's really I mean it's beautiful Mm. so what was it about when when was the moment where you realized it wasn't just about the money Um, so when I first came out here, I was working at the grow shop and I was meeting all these different growers and there was one group here in town called the house and garden crew and they were just using synthetic, uh, nutrients and they were just blowing the shit out of the weed, growing shit tons of it, getting a lot of money. Um, I worked for a couple of those guys and honestly, they were just kind of such dickheads. 
like just not good people like i mean just so much hypocrisy that i couldn't handle it like they would have like organic clothing lines only eat organic food and then they would just blow out this weed with like really synthetic shitty chemicals um and at that time i had a friend who was this old hippie dude and he was like come work out at my farm i'll teach you how to grow weed like the one you enjoy smoking and so i went out there and i worked for him for six months for free and it was like working on a farm like it wasn't just about growing the weed i was also growing his japanese pears i was growing his habanero peppers you know in his greenhouse he had vegetables next to the cannabis plants um you know, there was animals all out there. Like, it was a whole entire ecosystem and a whole reality that was much more than just, you know, like, oh, we're going to grow a bunch of this and make money off of it. It was kind of like a lifestyle. It wasn't a factory. You didn't work in a factory. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, I remember we'd be just like, me and my brother would be standing inside of 20-foot-tall pot plants just pulling off yellow leaves and our arms would be covered like the hair on my arms would be matted down with thc and then it would be like it would be crazy hot in there and they'd be like hey it's time for lunch and then they would have all food from the farm that we get to eat and it was like this crazy kind of like shangri-la of like just nature that i'd never seen or been a part of before why did you leave him? Idiot. <laughs> leave him? Yeah, well, why did you leave that farm? Uh, well, so, <laughs> that guy's still one of my great friends. I tried to get him on the podcast many times, but at that time, I was working at the grow shop, <laughs> and I was working at his farm, and I had been financially backed in my own grow. So, like, I was working at all those different places, and... Honestly, things just started taking off for me after I worked several years for him. I mean, I worked three summers for him uh, growing weed, and it was just kind of like time for me to take off and go out and do it myself. Did you you call the grasshopper in his? Yeah. And he was like, it's time for you to go. And you're like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool, Mike. I mean, back in those days, too. He, you know, indoors, he strictly grew golden pineapple. Like, it was just one strain that he grew. He he knew that strain like the back of his hand. He grew it for years. And then when I went off on my own, I grew that for the first three years, you know. Right now at King's Cannabis, we're constantly having new strains. It's all about all the different flavors to do. Like back in those Gotta days. Gotta be sexy. Gotta be sexy. Yeah. Right. And cutting I'm edge. Right. And like back in those days, it was it was about getting to understand that one plant and learn everything about it. Like I could do so many crazy things with that one strain that I don't know if I have the time or the ability to experiment with the strains I grow now. Do you still have those seeds? Um, that cuts around. It's not a seed, but it's a cut. But yeah, that cuts around. No, you didn't have to make me feel stupid. You should have <laughs> said it. You could have just said, "Hey, man, it's around. It's yeah, around. It's around." It's, around. Yeah, it's not a seed thing. You fucking... 
idiot. Well, so seeds, you know, with every the... time I think I know something, you're like, you don't know. <laughs> Is that what the old man on the farm did? Every time you're like, hey, look yeah. at this, and he's like, he's like, no, you idiot. He, uh, not to be a nerd, but you know, you have to pH your water. Um, whenever you're about to water it into your plants because you want to make sure the soil is at a correct pH so that can uptake the nutrients. Um, so is that on the indoor or just period? Just period. Um, Shit. Okay. Because <laughs> if you go above, you know, 6.5, you start fucking up and you start locking out iron and different stuff like that. But he had his indoor grow and I was like, hey, man, why don't you ever have me pH your barrel before we water it into the plant? And he's like, oh, because I know what the pH is. I was like, how do you know the pH? I've never seen you pH pen it. And he was like, grab a pH pen. I'll show you. It's about 6.4. And I put the pH pen in there, and it was exactly that. Well, wait, I don't... So, was it rainwater, or was it just where he was getting the water for years? It, it was the water and the nutrients that he had had for years, the growing technique that he had that, you know, he just had it dialed in. He knew exactly what his measurements of food would do to the pH of his water and where it would be at. Cool. Right? It is cool. That's Every week I come on here just to fuck around. <laughs> And I ended up being like, I learned more about my favorite, one of my favorite things. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, we got to get one of the levels on the Patreon. Uh, you will have access to videos of Mike teaching me uh, the step by step from buying what I need to putting it in a jar and smoking it. The, every step in between. On the Patreon, we will have a. Uh, you will have access to that video. Uh, tutorial, I guess is. It's just gonna be me fucking up and Mike being like, "Oh, did you do this?" I'm like, "I did do that." You, know, you shouldn't <laughs> have done that. And we're like, ah, but you said a thing that sounded like that two weeks ago, and my brain's stupid. Well, so I'm that's gonna be there. That's, I'm excited. That's the cool thing about all this is I've literally been doing this for over a decade and I'm still learning different aspects of this. I mean, when you first get into it, like anything else, you're like, oh, I got this small piece of knowledge, so I understand this thing completely. And then the more you go down the rabbit hole, the more you realize you don't understand and then it gives you opportunity to learn more and honestly the, i've never really found that before in anything in life so i think that's why i'm so engaged with it is it's just like oh i'm gonna go read you know a scientific paper on boron this week to try and figure out why i have too much boron in my soil and so you get led down all these little rabbit holes constantly I've never been down a boron rabbit hole. I've been down some rabbit holes. But, but I've never been like, I'm going to see what this boron is. I mean, I've, you know what? I've looked up, I've read for several hours about how to build a teepee and stuff. So, you know what? I've wasted some. We all, I've been down some rabbit holes. Um, <clears throat> like when, okay. Like you talked about, what was it called? Yellow pineapple? What was that? Golden pineapple. Sorry. Eugene Golden. favorite. Why is it? I've never heard of it. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. I mean, back in the day, I'm sure 
uh, everybody would rename stuff and just name it whatever they wanted to. But it just had this very lemony, piney um, uh, smell to it. And it was a huge chunker. Um, so it was along the lines of Blue Dream. Um, uh, Blue Dream and Golden Pineapple really produce. But they also go really long. So most cannabis that you'll buy. That's in a, like me. Yeah. Hey, who's making the sexual innuendos now there, motherfucker? Yeah, but it's talking about producing. It ain't talking about needing <laughs> to explode and stuff. It's talking about going long and producing. <laughs> but yeah, so these strains, most of which, you know, you probably won't see in dispensaries anymore because of how long they go so like the most of the strains that we grow are like a nine week strain the golden pineapple is 11 to 12 weeks depending upon how you push it and it fucking takes forever uh, i'll push it real good ding 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 um, <sighs> push it push it now the yeah the I've <laughs> producer Sleaze texting me a bunch of questions that I already have, but I I was doing the push it joke, and then I'm gonna get into these questions that I've I guarantee you will be the same ones you just texted me. So I'm can I? So you said it takes eleven weeks. Would that be a good strain? Since I've never heard of it, is it sent sativa or indica? Um, so it's one of the original hybrids, one of the earlier hybrids, but it's for sure way more on the sativa end because it'll okay. get you really upbeat and funky fresh. So would that be a good one for me to grow in my tent for the Patreon? Yeah, if we just want to have fun with it, that's what that's what we can do. What else would we be doing with it? <laughs> well, I, I mean, ultimately, I'd love to get you that Acapulco Gold. Yes. And have you grown Yes. That? Well, let's do the... Let's get me good before I fuck up. Because <laughs> that one, I believe, goes even farther than the golden pineapple. So I love... I mean, I found it in Alaska, and we're going to go talk to my buddy Bruce, who <laughs> got it for me. And I sent it to a couple guys. This may have been even before I met you. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And I sent it to another, a couple of other guys that they, they're not the level of growers that that you are, but they they've grown for a long time just on their own, and it was just like a display of all these strains he had given me, and they were all Alaska grown, and both of them went nuts when they saw Acapulco Gold, and I was like, yeah, that's my favorite. I smoked that. That shit's amazing. <laughs> so why don't I think this would be fun. Why don't we do the golden pineapple since that's kind of what you learned mm -hmm. on? I want to learn on that. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd See be what nice. I'm saying? And then the next one, I can we'll do the fucking. Then we'll have a grow off. You can do your own little <laughs> hobby grow, of, and I'll do the same strain, and we'll see who's better at growing. I don't think you understand growing, then. <laughs> No, I don't. I, just, I don't know. It's we. It's very clear. They'll, they'll both taste great because we're just doing it for the shits and giggles. I understand. I just think it'd be funny. I just think the idea that <laughs> blind taste test. <laughs> just like me going in, just some idiot being like, "This is better." I'm like, "I'm better at growing." 
I mean, it probably would happen anyway. <laughs> no, that's what I'm, I mean. It is silly. It's but like, I there's no way I'm. That's just a funny thing. Um, oh, that's exciting! So you guys better Patreon. And then uh, I just want to get them two. growing great weed too for yourselves. You know. Yeah, like, that's why I'm getting excited. That's why I'm getting them excited about what we're doing. So when they watch us, they're like, "Oh, this isn't that hard." Oh, we could do this. I mean, that yeah. was my. That was one of the most important things to me while I was working out here is when I had time to work at the grow shop. Like it felt like community outreach almost. Like it was so cool teaching people how to do it. Like, you know, the house and garden people that I had mentioned, they never won the recipe to go out. There were several groups around that had like secret recipes and they never wanted anybody to know how to grow the way that they grow. And I was just out there saying like, fuck, <laughs> Everybody grow this, okay? Everybody grow this way. I don't, you know, there's no competition. Just fucking grow some no. decent herb for yourself, and then you'll feel good. And then maybe you won't cut me off in traffic or be annoyed in life, and that'll make a better community, you know? Like, Yeah, fuck. that's what I'm all about. Yes, get zen with that shit. I love right. it. I like, I do like the thought that it's, to me, it's like people that are like, can't give you my barbecue sauce recipe. And you're like, I bet it's got sugar and molasses. And it's like, I bet it's got all the other fucking shit that every other fucking barbecue. It's just like, it's like, you can't, be, it's not like you have something else in there that no one else does. Because we'd all be able to taste it because it's 2020. <laughs> well, that was like the weird thing too, is like all of the great cannabis companies here in town, they all used to be customers at the grow shop and we had all just sit there for hours talking about the different techniques, the different things that we were figuring out and being like, Hey man, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And then once rec came around, everybody definitely started playing with their cards a little bit closer to their chest than anything else. And, you know, everybody's like, this might give me a cutting edge because, you know, when the market first opened up, it was very cutthroat. It was very, you know, like, holy shit, I got to make sure that, you know, I have an edge against all this new money coming into it. Isn't that interesting that capitalism brought you out here <laughs> to the West Coast? Yeah. And then you got in harmony with fucking nature. And then you had to get real with capitalism again. Oh, man. And it, it, it is interesting. It's can't get away from it honestly but um yeah i had like a cycle like a season almost like seasons one it is weird because you know throughout this whole thing is they've always kind of dangled the carrot of being a millionaire like when i first came out here people were like dude you'll just grow tons of weed and you'll become a millionaire and then that never came to be but then i found love and peace in growing and then once legalization came around they're like hey you'll be a millionaire if you go for legalization and then that never comes around and i just have to make love and peace with it again what skill do you have now that you didn't think you would have? Management. Like ah, you do manage people really well. I've watched that. It's <laughs> impressive. Well, like it, it's weird because 
growing is such a tactile thing, at least for me, where like I got to be working with the plant and understanding it. And to be able to try and do that through other people has been like such a weird thing to try and figure out. Like, you know, trying to be like, hey, this is knowledge that I accrued over doing this for 10,000 hours. Let me tell you how to do it. Let me show you how to do it. And, you know, a lot of this stuff, you know, there isn't words for it. There's just kind of something that you do and then it ends up great. And you may not know why that is and why other people can't do it or can. But it's just like, I don't have words for this. Just here. Art. What you're describing is art, where there's a certain skill to everything. And then some people have an ability or a gift that goes along with that learned skill that anyone can have. And then it's like a special thing. It's like you've went through a lot of employees. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? So oh, yeah. the business isn't, it's not just like this checkbox thing where you're like, it's not a factory. Well, and I mean, that was the hardest part, too, once we got investors involved. One of our first investors, he was like a multimillionaire, but he had come up through his first management role was at a McDonald's. So all of his companies after that, he had turned into like a McDonald's sense of management of like, you do this, you do that, you blah, blah. And then I'm like, hey, man, that's not kind of what this style of growing is. Like, if you want, hire somebody else and have them do synthetics, have them do hydroponics or something like that. But with organic, there's so much more that we don't understand just yet about how it happens. Because a lot of it, it's happening outside of the plant. Like, a lot of the food that we're trying to feed these organic you know, soils with, it has to break down outside of the plant before it even goes into it. So it's kind of like doing this, like, I'll do this outside of the root zone, and then hopefully you guys will accept it into you. It's weird. It is weird, but it's fascinating. Mm. And I, it's, it's funny to me because I watched all the big money come in, and I was just like, it just doesn't feel like you guys understand what this thing is. No. Be it's like, it's not like, if you could make all that money the way they thought you could, they would have flipped it so long ago. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, that, that big money stuff, they've been doing math for since before any of us were even thoughts in our father's brains about cannabis yeah so and i think that was the most frustrating thing for people when they came into this from outside is they were used to some of the parts of capitalism where it's like you put this thing together and that thing together and you're done but not to sound you know bombastic we literally are just kind of cultivating life right now like that's what growing cannabis is like you know, when I take a cutting off of a mother, it's I'm not, you know, welding something or, you know, making something happen to make it grow. You know, there's hormones and there's other things like that, but there's a whole plethora of reasons for it to not root. And, you know, so I'm just trying to usher in life that way. Yeah. 
No, that makes makes a lot of sense, and it's hard to bet money on what that plant's going to do. Oh, and that's what I came to realize quickly, too, with real capitalistic business people. Like, cannabis, it was like, oh, if you... If you double your money, you know, that's cool on a harvest, you know. Oh, you do a bunch more, that's even better. But, like, when I started working with investors, they're like, oh, no, this has to pay me threefold before I even start calling something a profit. And you're like, wait, what? How does that work? Mm -hmm. That's insane. It is insane, and that's why our country, uh, during a pandemic, our economy is that's why everybody's like wait what why is this happening why, why are we doing why does it work like any of this uh, yeah but i've learned a lot about how the economy works through this podcast if that makes sense yeah but like how the black market affects the real market like the the, what would you call it? The white market? What would the, you call the it? The wreck market. The wreck market. Mm-hmm. And I'm just talking about like any, the black market in general of the overall economy. I was never, I'd never thought about how that also affects the overall economy. Well, and that's just like bartering and all of that stuff too. That, that shows why it's so important also because like even in the cannabis industry like back in the day at the grow shop people used to come in and just give me stuff for nutrients sometimes like they'd be like hey man here's pan a pound of salmon does this give me a couple bags of soil and i'm like okay cool oh it does hey it's kind of you know it's kind of flooded in the market here because it's the middle of the winter. Can I give you two pounds of weed so that I can get these lights? And it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, why not? And, you know, work it that way. That's farming. Yeah. I mean, because I grew up on a cattle farm. My grandfather had a cattle farm uh, about less than a mile from our house. So I go here. I mean, Mike, that's the thing. Like, we could have went deeper on you. I got a lot of stories. A lot of stories I didn't have to burn off just yet. But we got, oh, you've got so many stories that I know. So I just <laughs> assume that you have stories that I've never even heard of. I have, and so many more that I have to make up, too. Just to I mean, keep you this can, podcast going. Dealing with all you motherfuckers is just how vague and bullshit some of what. Uh, <clears throat> one of my buddies, Henry Zabrowski, of last podcast on the left fame. Yeah, I dropped that. Dropped that, that name. Was, I almost tripped over it. That was surprising. But he's a listener, and uh, he said that I have a friendly presence in a bullshit world. And I was like, that's a great way to, I think, put that. And I don't think he's calling you guys like, bullshit he just means the world is like 
you have to do a lot of bullshitting. And I'm like, yeah, no, it is. You got to do a lot of throwing stuff around so that you can get your thing done. That's what that is. Misdirection if you were a, a magician, if you yeah. will. If you if you're one you of just said people. you just answered me saying it's all bullshit <laughs> with just some vague bullshit. Beautiful, it's beautiful. It is interesting to me too, the the levels of which the regulating body has put into play in the cannabis industry here, and I'm like, man, you guys don't know your audience that you've been dealing with, do you? That's astonishing. That is very true. <laughs> you guys. Don't even have any idea. I think that is a huge problem in government, period, is they never hire within an industry when they go to regulate it. Oh. Or <coughs> someone that understands the industry. Because, like, you, like, I was going to say they never hire with, like, that's all the SEC is, is other m- evil motherfuckers they've hired to be like, hey, go watch us for a little bit. Wink. Slap us on the wrist. Yeah, here, I'll I'll pay a fee. Um, I mean, that could be my retirement plan for cannabis. If the federal government legalizes it, maybe I'll just go work for them. I'll be like, so guys, this is how they're going to do it. You're like a catch me if you can, Frank Abigail kind of motherfucker. I wish that would, I loved that movie growing up. Well, that's what you just described. Yeah. Is that when... You said, I wish. We're like, that's what you just said. was like, hey, I wish I could go work for the federal government and tell them, like, hey, this is what I would do. That's what that whole movie is. I know. It would be so great. And then just pop all the synthetic farmers stepping out of pocket and just let organics flourish. Okay. I mean, I hope you. Get, I hope this podcast leads to you getting to do that. <laughs> Never mind. Snitches get stitches. Fuck that shit. See, okay, I mean, once again, great example of you saying nine different things in the same <laughs> sentence. This is that—that's it. Makes me laugh being in communicating with the like a someone that has been an outlaw and then other outlaws uh, that we've been communicating with is like since I've been watching like mafia films and any of that and like codes and things like that i've always when you watch those movies i've always been like man i would miss a lot of signs and that there would be a lot of me being like wait what does that one mean like do should we kill them because i don't want to mess this up because is that what that one means we should get a piece of paper or something so honestly and just to talk from my own you know history of being in illegal activities if you have to ask that question you wouldn't be the one making those movements i understand what you mean (laughs) and i think i understood that and that's why i never got into that business well no i just even a tier wise like if you gotta ask that question then there's all there's somebody else that would be doing that yeah no i understood what you meant i completely understand it's you understand certain things. You're like, no, you can't do this, and you're like, oh. And mm-hmm. then you've you've ceilinged out at middle management, which you would have probably done in a, like an actual corporate job too. Exactly. Do you think that that? Do you okay? That's interesting. Seeing what you see and knowing what you know, do you see people in the cannabis industry that get like you say, like they get so far, and that's where they are. 
Mm-hmm. And do they usually stay there or do they leave and go do something else? <clears throat> I mean, honestly, I there's three ways that people get drawn to this industry. You know, whether it's money, uh, love of the plant, or adventure. Like, I think that's the three tenements that kind of brought people to this industry in the black market days. And whichever those th- one of those three things, you've taken off and ran with it in the industry now. So if you came here for capitalism, you're probably doing an amazing job branding and you're marketing it to the next level and you're looking for outside investments and you've probably been able to build a company much larger than, say, somebody else. If you came here because you love the cannabis, you're probably still in this growing some top-tier cannabis, like high-quality shit. And if you kind of came here for adventure... You might be getting a little rabbit foot in you and looking at other things. I mean, I know me going back to Philly there for a second, that was me getting a little bit of rabbit foot and wanting to adventure and go out and, you know, just flip the chessboard every once in a while in life just to see what happens. You think you'll do that again? Probably. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good to know. What, what, what else would you do in life? I think sometimes life flips the chessboard for you. Yeah. So if you're doing, like, if you're, because one of the things I think that makes our friendship work and what makes us with, you know, because everyone meets a lot of people and sometimes you click with some people and sometimes you don't, is that you just describe the way I feel about comedy, where it is that thing of, like, I quit trying to, like, make it, I mean, I would love if it makes me a millionaire one day, and it certainly has the possibility, and I certainly have the skills and, and that, whatever. But that's not why I do it anymore. Like, yeah. I make a comfortable living when I can travel. <laughs> uh, doing stand-up, and it, it has given me other opportunities in comedy and entertainment uh, that make me happy. And I think that's more important than, like, the ego trip that I think is why a lot... I mean, most people get into comedy in the beginning because of the ego trip. And I think that's the same thing with cannabis. I remember when it was started going legal, I was like, even my dumbass was like, I'm going to grow it, we're going to just flip, fucking make money, I got some family members, and you're just like... And then you look in... Where I would, I start, you start looking into it, and you're like, oh, it's not. It's like, it's a comedy, where it's like this thing you have to learn. And the only way you can learn it is do it. Exactly. And then, you know, for me at least, once this isn't fun anymore, or isn't something that I enjoy, I'll go and find something else if I have to. I'll still be growing weed. Without a doubt, I'll never not grow weed in my life. But if it's not fun as a livelihood, then peace. Yeah. No, I understand. And everyone can set their life up that way if, you, if you're if you honest with yourself. I think that's the key that most people aren't missing. Because they're like, I won't do what you're doing. right? Just be very honest about the sacrifices that and the consequences. 
and then you can do you can live your life any way you want to if you're aware of what you're actually doing and what the things take and i think that's what another point of this podcast is and the patreon especially with the growing thing is like we want everyone to grow their own i think it can it's not like alcohol where yes you can brew your own beer and make your own fucking potato vodka and all that but that's it's not growing your own weed is not that complicated I, I mean, I just, I just think everyone should, and it would help the whole fucking planet. Like I said, it's literally the most zen thing that you can do in life because you have to dedicate your life for three months to one thing, pay attention to it, take care of it like a pet, and then you get to see whether or not you fucked up or not. You get to smoke that pet. Yeah, you do. <laughs> It's the best, you guys. Guys, thanks for tuning in. This has been the Mike episode because he's Mr. Eugene. Um, this is not like I think we have a couple more episodes for this season. We're gonna do a wrap up one of Eugene and what I my thoughts. But this has been like a get to know Mike, and I, I, you're just living a beautiful life, Mike. And I I am grateful I get to know you and continue to get to know you and make this fucking cool-ass podcast that people like. I'm so thankful that once we tell people about it, too, it's going to be cool when we advertise and market it. But even right now, the uh, the our main subscribers are fucking dope, and we really appreciate it. And we're going to start rewarding you guys with more content and cooler content. But you've got to be patient. The COVID is... Oh. COVID's fucking it up, but we love you guys so much, and we appreciate how excited you are about this stuff. So we're going to have a merch. We're getting it all coming out. Um, if you want to know how to follow us, it's in the little thing. You know how to do it. Also, spread the word. Tell people. Send Like Mike said, send them your favorite episode. Send episode them, challenge. Episode challenge. Send them, send them your favorite episode, and then review and like and all that and i think we'll try to get it on stitcher i know some people are upset they're like i don't know stitcher maybe they're not even listening anymore because i didn't put it on there yet <laughs> but we'll figure that shit out all right you guys grow your own <laughs>